Today we are going to unpack why we are tired. Are we not sleeping enough? Not designing our schedule and routine so there's enough time for sleep and recovery? Or is it not that we are actually tired, but maybe we just aren't inspired by what we're doing on the day-to-day? Maybe we aren't tired or lazy at all. Maybe we just don't have enough of what sets our soul on fire in the day-to-day. If you catch yourself saying, I am so tired often, this podcast is for you. Let's figure out why you are tired and how to change it. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited for this podcast. Well, I feel like I say that every time, but I'm super excited for this podcast because I feel like everybody says how tired they are all the time. I'm so tired. How are you? Oh, I'm good, but I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. So I wanted to like dive into this very kind of specific topic and figure out why are we so tired and how do we fix it? And I realized in researching and reading what people have written about this and listening to to things and watching YouTube videos is we're in complete control. So I've laid it out in two ways. We're either tired because we're not getting enough sleep slash downtime, or number two, we're not inspired or we're stuck in a routine. And the best part about this is either one, whichever one you fall under, or probably for most of us, a combination of both, you're in complete control. This is what's so interesting to me about this. When I started thinking about this and I started realizing, just talking to people in the world, everyone is tired. And everyone's saying how tired they are. And we feel like, I feel like we just keep saying we're tired and we keep doing the same things. But that's insanity, right? That's the definition of insanity. Do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. So today I wanted to unpack why are we so tired and how we can fix it. My favorite type of podcast episodes are ones that kind of make you hit pause on life to think about something that maybe you hadn't thought of or maybe you knew, but it's just kind of cool to think about only this for you know the next 15, 20 minutes, however long we're here together. Just think about this. How tired are you? How often are you feeling tired and saying you're tired? And why haven't we done anything before now to actively change it? I think there is no better time of the year where whenever you are listening to this podcast, but as I'm recording it here, we are going into a brand new year and it's such a great time to reflect on what we're doing that works and what needs adjusting. And if you are saying often that you are tired, I think this is one of the biggest ways you can improve your overall health and happiness. And there's nothing more important than that. I love fitness and I love nutrition, but the more that I read about overall health and wellness, it goes sleep first, hydration second, and nutrition and exercise after that. And I'm sure that's, you know, they can, they're all important and they could be mixed up in different orders, but sleep and rest is just so important. So let's tackle that one first. So if you are not getting enough sleep, and I want to preface all this with 
everything that I talk about, I like it to be very realistic. I like to give hacks that I've learned or I've learned from other experts that actually work. I know everyone has busy lives and busy jobs and schedules and kids and family. And sometimes there is sadness and sickness and complications in life. So with all of that, you can't show up to be your best version of yourself for any of the things, for the happy moments, for the struggles, if you're not feeling rested and fulfilled and full in your own life. So I've done episodes on sleep. I'm sure you've heard and read lots of things on sleep, but the things that have worked for me is set a bedtime that's realistic, but set a plan, not just a bedtime, but a plan before the bedtime so that you actually get to bed on time. I think the number one reason why most people don't get to bed on time is because they get caught scrolling, which it can be so addictive and it can also be relaxing. But for me, I don't just set a bedtime, but I set like the the final kind of three hours before bedtime. So I set myself up for success. And what I do is I set alarms on my phone. So at seven o'clock, at eight o'clock and at nine o'clock, I have an alarm go off so that the time doesn't get away from me. And also so I remind myself what I want to be doing to wind down, to get the kids down, to make sure I have enough time with everyone um, and I don't just keep my to-do list, I'm sure like yours, is never ending. So to make sure I don't just keep tasking and keep sending emails, it's kind of like, okay, seven o'clock, things shut down and we start to do kind of the nighttime process. That's been the best way for me to actually set a bedtime that I stick to. Another thing that I've learned from reading books about habits, and I love the book Atomic Habits, and I love learning everything about habits, and I've done podcasts on it, but one of the best takeaways is lay out reminders of what you want to be doing. So if I want to make sure I take my supplements, and if I'm you know in a kind of in a phase when I'm not going to take my supplements, I keep my supplements out on the counter. I have kind of a reminder tray in my bedroom and in my kitchen. So whatever it is I kind of want to do more of, I just put it in the tray. So if I kind of get off with reading to my kids, and that's something I love doing and I know it's so good for them, but it's just hard to fit in, I'll put it in the reminder tray. So it's not just, you know, all these things I have to remember, but it's right there. Like when I'm not sure, okay, I have 10 minutes, what's next? Oh, perfect. That's what I want to be doing. Or I'll even put like my son's baseball there if I want to just try to hit with him for, you know, five minutes in the evening times. Those things have really helped me. So make a plan that of what you want to do. Like what's but realistic? What are your goals? How do you want to do it? And then set alarms on your phone. Might work for you. Works great for me. And then lay out reminders of what you want to be doing. Maybe you want to take better care of your skin. So instead of having all your skincare stuff tucked away in a drawer, maybe you just put it nice and neat, but in your tray, in your bathroom, your reminder tray. So it's like, okay, no matter what, I'm going to take an extra five, 10 minutes and I'm going to do this skincare because it's a priority to me. It's something I want to do more of. Done. And I feel like all these being very intentional about your time and how you take care of yourself and your sleep, I think just carries over to the rest of your world. And like I said, I want to be very realistic because we all have things we have to take care of and deal with struggles, but it's all about accountability and not putting up hurdles that don't actually exist. Like you really can do all the things you want to do. I think that you just have to be very careful with your time and think about how you can hack your day better. Maybe you can food prep and save time and maybe you can figure out one or two hours of the day that you can be more efficient with. 
I learned that I was really slow at the end of the day. So if I'm doing emails at 10 a.m. versus 10 p.m., it takes me so much longer at 10 p.m. I am so much better calling it a day, saving it for the next day and powering through. I could do 30 emails real quick in the morning, whereas at night, you know, also I'm not as much on a time schedule. I'm not kind of like jamming through it to get to the next thing. So I'll just kind of let it drop, drag out. And I just realized, okay, that is not a good use of time at the end of the day. Plus, I'd like to have a break from not doing emails 24 hours a day. But finding those, that time in your day. So you know when you're like, I just don't have more time to get more sleep. I guarantee you do. I've read interesting things about how everyone has a, some sort of amount of time every single day that's wasted time. And I don't mean like say you watch Netflix and you love it. Then that's not considered wasted time. That's your relaxation, your downtime, your you time or your time with your loved ones, whatever it is. But just like wasted time that you could be more efficient with. That's what I'm talking about. So anytime I'm like, oh, I wish I could sleep more, but I just don't have the time. I think, no, no, no. I need to be accountable. You're actually in control of your schedule. So if you're so exhausted and you only are sleeping four or five hours a night, like that's actually your fault. You made the schedule. So I think by taking a step back, it's helped me so much to realize like, yes, sometimes the days are so full, but you can always plan it so that you can get enough sleep. Like that just has to be a priority. In my younger years, especially raising kids and running a business, I would always compromise sleep over something else. So I'm going to, you know, do 100%, 110% at this room mom project and this project at work and this proposal and all these different things. And it, if it has to be at the expense of sleep, so be it. And I swear it aged me more than anything. One or two nights a week, I would do really late nights just to try to fit it all in. And even when I started this podcast, I would say, listen, I'm sticking to my podcast schedule no matter what, even if I have to do it at two, three in the morning to fit it in. And I just realized that give and take is not worth it because you just aren't functioning at at your best level the next day. You know, like you're just not, it's like, you know, you're, you're compromising one thing for another and I just don't feel like the the end payoff is worth it. So I do my favorite. I eliminate, I delegate, and I automate things to make my day more efficient so I make sure I have enough time for sleep. So I've done podcasts on this. I think it's actually called that. Automate, eliminate, delegate is my favorite thing. If it's something that you can automate like bill pay or you know something with meals or, or things like that, automate it. Something that you can eliminate and I've had to really get good at this. Maybe I want to do you know, um, custom, whatever it is. Maybe I want to do like these nice little baskets for all 30 of my kids' teachers between the PE teachers and all the different teachers. Maybe I want to do that. But maybe I realize that in doing that, I can't do five other things that I want to do. So maybe I'll just get an awesome Amazon gift card and put it in a cool envelope and that's going to be the answer. So I guess that's not really eliminate. That's more like a simplify type thing. But sometimes the simplify is the answer because then you've checked the box on it. No one knew that that wasn't your 110%, but then you have more time to do other things. It's been very hard for me to become a person that's okay with 90% instead of shooting for 110%, but I've realized I can actually get to more things. Sometimes things would like time out on me. Maybe I wanted to you know, say getting a really creative birthday gift for a friend was on my list, but because I was doing wanting to do that 110% and more and all the other things on my list, I never got to it. Then the day of her birthday, I'm racing out to the mall and getting something just to get something, right? 
That's not the goal. So I realized if I have this huge long to-do list, shooting for 90%, which is still awesome, gets me through all of the things rather than not getting through because it's just simply so much to do. And going back to the sleep thing, I think that it allows you to sleep. Sometimes if you take the pressure off and realize that sometimes good is good and that is thoughtful and that is wonderful and then you have enough time to rest and recharge. I think that so often if you don't plan ahead and then you're doing things last minute, something that could have been 30 minutes online ends up being four hours of racing around. Now, not only was it four hours, but it's like four exhausting hours and then you can't do all the other things that you want to do and you're not sleeping enough. Bottom line, that's what it is. So we know if we are tired because we actually aren't sleeping enough, we are actually in control of it and there are things we can do to change our schedule so we can get enough sleep. Eliminate things if you have to. Sleep needs to be the priority. So if that's the majority of the reason why you are tired because of actual lack of sleep or downtime, now we have a plan. Next up, are you tired but not actually not but are you not actually tired just not inspired this was what actually started this whole thought about the podcast because i was like you know what a lot of times when i'm kind of saying god i'm so tired am i really actually tired or is it just that i'm kind of stuck in my routine and the things i'm doing aren't energizing me you know so that's my question for you is Are you actually, like if you're telling yourself that you're tired or you're saying, gosh, I'm so lazy, maybe you aren't. Maybe you just aren't energized about what you're doing. I think a lot of times life puts us in a box and school puts us in a box. Get in line, figure out what you want to do when you get older. But I just believe it's just not a one size fits all thing. Maybe your routine is the problem. What Maybe what you're doing over and over is off. And we know life is long. There are ebbs and flows. And sometimes you feel inspired and you love what you're doing. And other times you just feel like it is like, you know, you're on a hamster wheel and it's Groundhog's Day. You wake up every day. You do the other thing. You can barely move forward on projects because, you know, life can be heavy with the things that we need to do. But I've realized for myself and kind of looking back on certain periods of time, maybe I just was was not doing enough of things that set my soul on fire. That's why I love the concept of getting in your tens each day is because it focuses on those little wins, those little things that you love that make you so happy that add up to a really great day. And it makes you focus on it. Like I'll say, I don't have time to get my favorite cold brew. Actually, I am going to make time because that's a 10 for me. Like I love it. It makes, I put my little chocolate collagen powder in it and I stir it up and I put it in the freezer for a minute. So it's so icy cold. I just love it. It's a 10 for me. So focusing on those little tens is huge because you prioritize it, you make time for it if you're focusing on those little things that you love. So that's my question. How much are you doing each day that sets your soul on fire? How many tens are you getting in each day? I realized, God, I'm tired of saying I'm tired. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm so grateful to be alive at a time when there are so many incredible opportunities And with technology and phones and the way you can connect with people on such an incredible level now that you never could before, 
Are you kidding me? How how amazing is it to be alive at this time of life? Not to sound cheesy, but I really believe it's true. How are we sitting here saying we're tired? Fix it. Fix your schedule or fix what's making you uninspired to where you feel tired. And I think a lot of it comes comes because people try to keep up, right? Like the keeping up with the Joneses, or I guess maybe keeping up with the Kardashians is more of a, more of a modern twist on it. But I think so many people are working for that car or that house or that vacation to impress other people, but people they don't even know or people they don't even care about. Like, why are we caring about these other things? Or we feel like we need to be at this certain level or have this or that at that age. But I just think, we've got one life. We we have to live like this is our only at bat because it is. Why are we doing things that we think we should or things to impress other people or, you know, working at a job that drains us, that doesn't make us feel energized to pay for all these things? It's like we put ourselves in these self-imposed prisons sometimes. And I've been there where I'm working so hard to pay to make sure that I have this car. But like, why? That card doesn't actually equal happiness for me. That's just what I feel like I should have at this point. Like, I just, no. For me, the question is, what are you going to regret the least when you're 90? That's it. That's the deal. What are you going to regret the least? And in the last couple of years, I have made some business changes that I never thought I would make just because as my kids get older, I realize they need me more, not less. Even though they're doing more independent activities and they're staying at school longer, they still need me more. And there's still lots of things to do to help them and to arrange their activities and drive the places. And I want to be there and I want to be present. And that's what I'm going to regret the least when I'm 90. And I've shown on social media and talked about on this podcast sacrifices I've had to make mostly in my professional life and things that I've worked so hard for. I shared recently on QVC, on, um, on Instagram about how I got this deal of a lifetime with QVC and how I turned it down because I would have missed so much time with my kids. And when I don't know what is the right decision to make, um, kind of my, my, my question is always, what will you regret the least when you're 90? And sometimes it is taking that deal and doing something and not feeling guilty, doing that thing and and going on that adventure and and taking that. But for me, that it didn't feel like that was that was the decision. It didn't feel like that was a good trade off for me and that was worth it. So yeah, that's the question. What are you going to regret the least when you're ninety? Another thing that I think is very important with all of this and talking about getting off the hamster wheel and the groundhog day is make sure you have alone time. I love waking up before everybody else and working out on my own, almost more mental than physical. I mean, even though I love to sweat and I love to exercise, but I love this alone time in the morning. And a lot of times I don't, I do it in complete silence because it's my time to recenter and think about the day before, think about the day coming up. So that I'm not just going on autopilot. So I'm not just doing what I've always done because I've always done it. Is that if that's what makes sense? I think that the happiest people I've ever met are people that get to spend most of their time doing things that they love with the people they love doing it with. That's it. That's the end game. That's what I think matters. Not the most money or the fanciest things. It's 
Are you doing what you love to be doing most of your day? And if not, how can you redesign life so that you are? And it might not be overnight. You might have to put on your marathon shoes for this if you're in a corporate job that you don't love or if you have lots of obligations at home or you know, being a caretaker of some sort. Listen, I know that their life can be complicated. And again, there are ebbs and flows of life at different ages and stages, but I really think that's the happiness goal is doing the things you love with the people you love doing it most. For me, it just helps simplify when I'm trying to make decisions or prioritize. And like I said, that morning time when I'm just alone is the best. It's just like this recenter time. Like, okay, well, that was a mistake. Let's not do that again. Oh, well, that was a fail. That I tried to do that with that kid, but that went the opposite way. Fantastic. And it's just like that recentering. So I'm not just like waking up and racing and doing it all over again and waking up and racing and doing it all over again. It's like that recenter moment to refocus and kind of constantly be thinking about what are my tents? What sets my soul on fire? What am I doing that I don't like doing that I can try to make simpler or eliminate or do differently so the majority of my day can be spent doing things that I really enjoy? For me, a big part of this was accepting losing and learning to love losing because it means you're out there and that's a part of it. I've been very open on this podcast about Um, fails I've had and losing and my relationship with losing. Because here's the thing. Think about if you're juggling one orange. It's pretty easy not to drop that one orange. But say you don't want to just juggle one orange. Say you want to juggle 10 oranges. Well, listen, three are going to hit the floor, but that's okay because there's still seven in the air. Like that's exactly how I think of things. And if I'll hear someone kind of, you know, I don't know, talk about a fail, I'll own up to the fail. Absolutely, that was a fail. But I'm out there and I'm doing things and there are all these other things or a win. I'm all about throw the things up in the air, except that if you're putting yourself out there, you're going to lose. You will have fails. That's just the way it works. But I now have ownership of it. Even if something happened that, you know, maybe someone on my team did or something, I have ownership of it because ultimately the responsibility falls on me. And learning to accept accountability and have a healthy relationship with losing. Listen, I still hate losing. Like who wants to lose? But I have a much better relationship with it because I'm like, listen, it is a casualty of being out there. At least I know I showed up, I woke up, I left it all out on the field, I tried new things, some worked, some didn't, but like what experiences I have that I wouldn't have if I was just juggling one orange. When you're in your zone and doing your thing, you're not scared. You're not scared of judgment. You're not scared of losing because you're, it sets your soul on fire. It's, it's just exciting. It's like, yes, I'm going to lose. Yes, people are going to judge me. But like, I'm in my zone. I'm doing my thing. I'm proud of what I'm doing. I'm working hard. I'm working towards it. I just think there's so, the days are so much fuller. And you are going to be less tired, I promise you, if you're doing these things. These things that make you excited and make you happy and with people you love and getting in those little tens. It's one at bat. We've got one at bat, one life, one shot to do it. And I think we can do lots of different things, but it's all about having that mindset of making sure we're not just stuck in the routine. I would absolutely love to know what percentage of people are kind of just on autopilot. 
You know, we just kind of wake up and do the things and life is good. Life is okay. Life is fine. But is it great? Like, is it extraordinary? Are you having new experiences and, and, you know, trying new foods and challenging yourself physically and mentally and getting tougher? I love reading David Goggins and listening to what he says. Like he, I listened to an interview this morning and he was like, I got on, he was at interviewing somewhere new. So he was at a hotel gym and he's like, yeah, your gym here, they have this elliptical, but it's not like a powered. It's kind of like your force has to power it. And I got on, I was like, oh, this sucks. This is so much harder than I expected. And then he did two hours and 45 minutes on that elliptical just because he got on and thought, this is hard. I'm going to mental condition myself tougher. And I think by doing crazy things like that and things out like that's not something most people would do normally. But I think by thinking outside of the box like that and making decisions like that, you shake yourself up. And first, you make yourself mentally and physically tougher. And also, it gets you out of this routine and this, you know, kind of, it takes you off the hamster wheel. Do something hard. Do something tough. Get super hot in a sauna. Get super cold in a pool or a cold plunge to, like, feel alive. I think that so many of us think that we are tired but really, we just don't feel alive. We just don't have that sparkle in our eye for something we're doing or someone we're engaging with. And I just think that the options are endless. We design our schedule and we design our life. And we don't have control over a lot of the things that happen to us, but we do have control over how we spend our time and how we spend our money and the things that we focus on and the things that we value and the things that we give attention to. Forget the things that don't matter. Don't even give them energy, drama, or unnecessary conflict or toxic people or negativity. We've done lots of talks about that and we know it, but here's the thing. You only have so much bandwidth. And I think that focusing on things that excite you and challenge you are going to give you the energy you're looking for. You're going to be less tired, more motivated, and have more of those very full, memorable days. So, in conclusion, we are going to hack our days so we get enough sleep and rest and downtime so we're not physically tired. And then we are going to figure out how to add more of what inspires us and motivates us and sets our soul on fire on the daily. So we're not tired mentally because we are inspired. We're not just stuck in routine. We're not just doing the same thing over and over. We feel alive and we're excited and we can't wait to get to our day. I'm telling you, even if a big, huge chunk of your day is obligations and things that you know you have to do, the other huge chunk of your day can be things that make you happy and inspire you and motivate you and move you forward. I think that the next time you say or think, oh, I'm so tired, ah, stop yourself and think, why are you so tired? Are you actually tired from lack of sleep or are you tired because what you're doing is not inspiring to you at the moment. So cheers to hacking your days and being nice and rested and motivated and not tired anymore. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, 
Go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.